Welcome to the Future of Agriculture podcast, the show that explores the people, companies, and ideas that are shaping the future of agribusiness. Innovation, resourcefulness, and collaboration are essential for feeding a growing population, and we believe the agriculture industry is up for the challenge. Please welcome your host, Tim Hammerich. Hey there, thanks so much for downloading this episode of the Future of Agriculture podcast. My name is Tim Hammerich. I'm an agribusiness recruiter. And it's my pleasure to bring you these stories every week of the people, companies, and ideas shaping the future of agriculture. This show is a proud part of the Farm and Rural Ag Network. So if ag podcasts and blogs and vlogs are your thing, check out farmruralag.com. Well, if you've listened to the show for a while, you know the concept of data comes up often. And in several of those instances, we have had passing conversations about data transparency and who owns the data and how do we know who owns the data and what happens to the data uh, behind closed doors, so to speak. So I've been looking forward to getting an expert on data transparency on the show for quite some time because it is a growing uh, issue in agriculture. And it makes sense. Basically, you know, data has become an asset similar to real estate, uh, where now that we can, we know how to capture all of this data and we, we are learning new ways to analyze all the data, it has value. And now that we have a valuable asset that maybe we didn't have decades ago, uh, we have to decide sort of what are the rules of managing this new asset and who Uh, owns it and how is this disclosed and and what are the best practices for uh, data transparency and data management. So very pleased to have on the show today, Todd Jansen. Uh, Todd is an attorney, but he's also uh, the administrator of Ag Data Transparent. And and what they do is basically uh, certify, for lack of a better term, companies that are willing to be completely transparent with their data, which uh, apparently is not every company, um, but they work with companies to make sure that they're being 100% transparent with how the data is being used. It does not necessarily mean uh, that the data is not being marketed or sold or monetized, but it does mean that they are being completely transparent with it. So I really enjoyed this conversation with Todd. I think this is a very worthwhile concept to explore because it has definitely far-reaching impacts to many of the other topics that we explore in the show. So uh, thanks so much for listening. And here's my conversation with Todd Jansen from Ag Data Transparent. I've been an attorney since 2002, and I uh, before that, I grew up on a farm in south-central Kansas, so I already had a real love of agriculture from my days on the farm. Um, when I started practicing law, I did a lot of work with farmers and agribusiness, uh, really in the environmental front, and as I got more and more into that, um, and as uh, the years went by, slowly uh, the technology component of that practice got to be... Uh, bigger and bigger. And then when ag data tech started to really come on the scene in, um, I'd say, late uh, 2013 or so, I started to get a few projects from clients uh, with respect to ag data platforms. And uh, when American Farm Bureau had a, uh, a real well, let me back up there. American Farm Bureau was starting to notice around the same time that its uh, farmer members were very concerned with, uh, you know, trust issues and security issues with all the new ag data platforms that were arriving on the market. And so they started to uh, 
create this document called the Privacy and Security Principles for Farm Data um, in uh, 2013, 2014. And I was lucky that I got to be the, the only lawyer that was really working on that project. And so I was in the room with all the big players as that, that document about the core principles for ag was being hashed out. Very cool. And, and so South Central Kansas, I was uh, for about a year and a half, I was in Wellington, Kansas. Where did you grow up? Uh, so I grew up in Marion County, uh, which is, uh, you know, Marion is the county seat. Uh, mm-hmm. People might have heard of Peabody, Kansas. That was close to our farm. Um, but then moving out from there, um, you know, Wichita was probably about a half hour uh, straight south farm. So nearly everyone's heard of Wichita, hopefully. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I, I know where you're at there. That makes sense. Okay. Um, maybe if you could just um, at a very sort of basic level, help us understand you know, what, what is at risk here with ag data? If, if we get this wrong, you know, what, what are we worried about here? Right. I, I like to think that we're sort of at a crossroads today, right? And this is true with a lot of technology. Uh, so the technology we have is telling us more and more about the things we do all the time. And I feel like, uh, you know, with respect to a lot of things in life, people have sort of accepted that invasion of their privacy. You know, people who put things on Facebook, um, you know, I I don't know that anybody puts a picture of uh, someone's birthday party on Facebook and then is surprised that other people can see it. That's the whole point um, of sharing that information. Um, I think the danger is that what farmers do on their farm, how they raise their crops, how they raise their livestock, you know, that sort of secret sauce that every farmer has for how they uh, produce food, um, that's really something different than, uh, you know, posting pictures on Facebook. You know, there's a, there's a, level of business proprietary information there that people don't want widely shared. And so I think we can't take the models that exist out there already today uh, for sharing information online, Facebook, Twitter, uh, you know, blogs, you name it, and use that same model as something we're going to apply to ag data. We have to treat ag data with uh, more respect and more care and more diligence um, you know, or else we run the risk of, uh, you know, ag data becoming something that uh, could very easily be viewed with suspicion, just like uh, a lot of these platforms are. And then you'd see people shy away from the technology. What are some ways that uh, maybe farmers might be surprised to hear that their data has been used in the past or per- possibly is even being used today? So there, you know, there certainly are um, uh, tools out there, I would say, that collect data without people realizing it. Um, you know, you may buy a, a new piece of equipment, um, or you may buy something for, uh, you know, even your home that you use. And if it's connected to the internet, most likely it is sending diagnostic information back to, um, you know, back to the uh, to the the main office wherever it was constructed. Um, you know, one of the great examples I think out there, it's not really in the farm context, uh, but, uh, you know, Alexa, which everyone's pretty familiar with by Amazon, um, you know, it was, it, it's more or less always listening, right? Uh, it's always listening for you to say Alexa. And, and you can say, well, it's not really listening, you know, Amazon's not recording my conversation, 
but there was that example. Um, oh, I wish I, I had looked it up uh, before the call, but the example where uh, some Alexa data was used to help solve a, uh, a crime uh, because it had information about, uh, you know, conversations that went on in a room when a, a crime was being committed. And you might have heard of that that before. Yeah, so it's it's always collecting the data whether you say Alexa or not. Well, yeah, I guess that's a that's an open question. I think Amazon hmm. would say it's only listening after you say Alexa, but um, I don't know. Right, I, and I think I, I uh, you know something that seems to come up is um, you know well if you have nothing to hide then you know why should you care that Alexa is listening? You know what I mean that that sort of mentality, and I, I'm sure you know that are some some argument similar to that has probably been used in. Uh, you know, in an agricultural context, kind of like, well, you know, no harm, no foul type of thing. What, what would you say to that? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's definitely some truth to that. Like, I think if you're a good farmer and you're doing everything right, you don't have anything to hide, right? I mean, um, but uh, what you probably do want to hide and you don't want to, people to know is, you know, how how profitable you are, how well your farm is working or not, because that can make a difference when you're competing uh, to buy that land nearby, right? Or if you're, um, you know, competing to buy something else with uh, your neighbors. So, you know, one of the great ironies, I think, here uh, in this ag data space is that in a lot of ways, farmers are have a much easier time letting a complete stranger, you know, a company that's based many states away, uh, know what they're doing on their farm than they would be letting their own neighbor know what they're doing on their farm. And, and that's, I've always thought that's ironic, yet I understand it as well. Right. Well, um, so with, with Ag Data Transparent, you, you are certifying companies that they're going to be transparent with how they're using data. Um, for, for companies uh, to become certified, what's that process look like? Right. Um, for companies to become certified, uh, what they do is, the first thing they do, they go on the, uh, the website and they fill out a form. And that just essentially puts them in the beginning of the pipeline, uh, explaining what their product is, what they want to certify, etc. Um, at that point, um, we send them a contract to participate, and it really governs uh, some of the basic elements of participation, like uh, you have to fill out a questionnaire, uh, you have to pay a certification fee, and you have to abide by our use rules with respect to the ag data transparency of approval. So after companies agree to all that, um, then they fill out a 10-question form uh, which asks various questions like, uh, what data are you collecting? Uh, do you allow the farmer the right to consent before that data is shared with third parties? Um, you know, do you allow the farmer to delete data if they're done using your platform? And, you know, other questions like that. Uh, so company answer those 10 questions. They submit those back to our law firm for evaluation. We go through those um, and we compare what they say in their answers to what they put on their contracts that they post online. And we determine, you know, is that accurate? You know, if they say a farmer can delete their data, uh, does their contract with the farmer say that as well? Um, if it says that, that's great. We check the box on that one. If it doesn't say that, we go back to that company and we say, you need to change your uh, either your contract with the farmer uh, so that it reflects your answer or you need to change your answer so that it reflects your contract. 
and for the most part, uh, doing the certification, you know, we don't care uh, if a if a company says, uh, you know, if you leave us, we're going to delete all your data, or if you leave us, you can take all your data with you. That's not our call to make. We just want to make sure that they explain that in their contract, so the farmer who signs up understands that. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's transparent that that makes sense. What about I, I've heard companies talk about? Well, hey, uh, your data, you know, will be um, anonymous or you know, and then also aggregated. Is there anything where it's like, hey, we won't share your specific data, but we will share the aggregated set of data or the insights drawn from the aggregated set of data? Is is there a clear distinction there? Or is that kind of a gray area? It certainly is a gray area, but we try to make companies explain that in their contracts as part of the certification. And I would say uh, for most of the companies that are certified, um, you know, most of them do have some form of aggregated data sharing um, and they anonymize the data before they do that because that's one of the, the powerful tools that you get when you start harnessing, uh, you know, a lot of big data. Uh, but yeah, we, we absolutely try and make them answer that and say, okay, um, with respect to a good example, be data ownership. A lot of these companies will say, um, you know, you own your personal data that is, uh, you know, can be traced back to your farm. Um, but we strip away your name, address, phone number, et cetera, and we keep the rest of the data and we aggregate that with, with everyone else's data and that aggregated data set is something that the, we as the ag tech provider own and control and can, can do what we want with. Um, so we try and make sure that that distinction is clear in their answers. But you're, you're right, there is certainly a gray area there. I'm, I'm curious about uh, the, the recognition of the ag data transparent brand. Are you starting to experience companies approaching you because they're getting pressure from their customer base to become ag data transparent? Yes, that's really been the case from the very beginning. You know, I think the companies that have gone through this have recognized that it's another way to instill trust with, uh, you know, their farmer members. Um, so, and our experience of doing these certifications, that that is absolutely true. Because as we go through the certification process, um, with really everything that's where we sense there isn't quite right, Oh. You need to okay, Todd. Uh, Todd, I'm sorry. You're kind of cutting out on this on this one for some reason. I'm not sure. All right. Uh, okay. What was the question again? Was sorry about, about that. Uh, yeah, just about uh, customers pressuring companies into oh, yeah. becoming ag data transparent. And I'm not sure why it just started getting really choppy. Yeah, my it must be on my end because the it said here, uh, you know, internet connection problem. You know, talk about technology. We've got AT&T fiber running to our office, but yet uh, it's supposed to never go down. But yet that still seems to happen once in a while. Oh, <laughs> it's great when it works. But yeah, you can never you never be sure what you're going to get, can you? You can never be sure. That's right. So <laughs> Sorry, but, but uh, yeah, yeah, so, I wouldn't mind starting that one over. Sure. Yeah, from the very beginning, I would say that the companies that have gone through the Ag Data Transparent Certification, uh, we've heard from them that it is something that their farmer customers want, 
Um, it's, you know, they don't necessarily know about the certification, but they hear from farmers that, you know, we are concerned with what are you going to do with our data after we give it to you. And so the Ag Data Transparent Seal is a way to recognize companies that have taken that concern from their farmers seriously. When a company comes to you to become certified, um, is it common for them to make big changes or are they usually coming to you because they're already uh, adhering to these practices and they want to make sure that they can communicate that from, from an independent third party? Uh, for the most part, I would say their contracts are usually in pretty good shape, but with every single company that's been through certification, there's, there's usually some back and forth where we find things that should be explained better or that are not uh, explained at all. You know, a great example is one of the questions asks, um, what happens to my data if the company is sold? Now, this is something that no lawyer is ever going to stick in a contract voluntarily because why would you want to, you know, tell your customer, hey, we might sell this company and your data might go along to someone else. Um, but because that is one of our 10 certifying questions, companies have to answer that and put that in their contracts. So that's one where, uh, at least initially, no one had that in their contracts, and we had to tell uh, you know these companies and their lawyers to go back and add that answer. Are there any? And I'm not. I w- wouldn't ask you to name any companies by name, but are are there any sort of business models or companies out there that um, just will never be a fit for ag data transparent because their business model kind of relies on this lack of transparency? I guess. I don't know that there really are any companies that couldn't go through this evaluation. Um, The reason is that we do not try as part of the evaluation to tell companies what is a right or wrong answer. Uh, If they say we've got a platform that takes farmers data and shares it openly, that is absolutely fine with us as long as it's explained in a transparent way in their contracts. And so that's why I can say with a lot of confidence that really any company that's collecting data could go through the certification process. Um, The one exception would be uh, companies that have a different contract with every single uh, farmer um, because, you know, we value the master contract. We can't value, you know, 400 different contracts. And in, in uh, I'm just curious, in your law practice, uh, is, is our data issues what you work on primarily, or are you still doing uh, kind, of, kind of general ag, uh, practicing general ag law? So we do both, and uh, I do a lot of the uh, ag data work. Um, so working with ag tech providers on drafting contracts is a lot of what we do. Uh, but we still, you know, working for farmers is core to who we are, and so a good part of our practice is still helping farmers with legal issues that they have with uh, regulatory officials or you know, uh, county zoning administrators, you name it. Um, but you know, it's central to Janssen Agricultural Law to work with farmers. So that will always be a core part of our practice. And as, as you look forward, it seems like ag data, we're, ju- we're still just in early days as far as the issues surrounding data, uh, data ownership and uh, transparency. As you look to the future, what, what, what do you see as sort of the big questions that we still need to answer about ag data? So I'd say, uh, you know, one of the big questions that's out there is, you know, are we going to come up with a standard for, um, you know, data 
anonymization. Um, right now, every company has a different way that it anonymizes data. And, you know, depending on how that's done, it could be, it could be different levels of uh, security and privacy given back to the farmer. And I would love to see us come up with a, a standard for how that's going to be done, but we're, we're just not there yet. Um, you know, the, the other big picture issue that I see getting better, but we still have a long ways to go. Um, my hope is that companies see the value in creating a single data use policy that they can apply across their company uh, that explains how they use farmers' ag data. And some companies uh, really get this and have adopted this, and other companies are still, you know, trying to sort this out and, and figure out how uh, how they use data. So, to me, uh, from a contractual standpoint, that's something that I, I hope we get there. But right now, it's still uh, very different across the industry. Uh, do you foresee, and I know there's maybe a little bit of this happening now, but do you foresee this getting bigger where a farmer is able, because they own their own data, to to get that data back from their providers and actually sell that to, an, to, to a third party that, that wants to buy it? Yeah, so that's one of the models that's out there with some of these these platforms who are trying to return value back to farmers from data collection. And I know uh, Farm Mobile was an example of a company that was, you know, offering to pay farmers uh, so many dollars per acre, and because it had a buyer for data, and it explained this all in, in its uh, agreements with farmers. Um, but so, yeah, that that sale of data um, from farmers to third parties. Um, it's easy to first to see that that will happen uh, through third-party platforms that collect and aggregate data. Um, it's it's harder for me to see the model where a farmer can sell their data specifically to a third party uh, without going through that central uh, platform that's aggregating it with everyone else. But you know, hopefully, we get there. I think in some areas you might see this happen, right? Like you might see um, like a let's say a, a bread manufacturer say, we only want to buy um, uh, wheat and uh, rye and barley or, you know, from farmers who can certify with ag data that they, uh, you know, manufactured those grains uh, with these different, you know, through these different methods. And you can look at the data and verify that. So there, you know, that's an example where maybe they'll pay a little bit more per bushel of grain delivered directly to the farmer based upon the data. So although the data would not be, uh, you know, have its own independent value uh, when coupled with the product, it would. Great. And this might be a little bit out of kind of your normal domain, but I'm curious if you have any thoughts on this as far as, you know, we're collecting more and more data from, from the farm level. Uh, is there any specific data point that you think will be really exciting once we can figure out how to collect it consistently in the future? Hmm. You know, uh, so one thing that I've thought a lot about is, you know, we, we see all these uh, measurements. It seems like everything is driven by yield, right? And can we create more uh, bushels per acre? Um, I think it would be neat to see with the data, uh, you know, how many bushels can you produce per gallon of diesel fuel, right? Or how many bushels can you produce 
uh, per pound of nitrogen that you put on the field and, and come up with metrics that um, look at not just uh, bushels per acre, but bushels who can maximize the number of bushels with the minimum number of inputs on a field. And maybe, you know, farmers could determine, hey, you know, uh, I don't have to raise 300 bushel corn uh, if I can reduce my input costs uh, enough to raise 200 bushel corn and still be more profitable. Um, you know, that, that's, that's contrary to how farmers normally think, but it would be interesting to see if that sort of experiment could prove uh, that it could be done. Yeah, and that reminds me a lot of, we we, we spoke with a couple farmers that are uh, incorporating more regenerative practices. And that was the big eye-opening thing for me is how much they've lowered their inputs. Um, and, and so, yeah, maybe their production isn't as high, but their gross margin, at least in this case, uh, was a lot higher than it, than it had been before. Uh, so I think that that is a really interesting concept, especially as we can collect more data on on diesel and inputs and start to analyze uh, the outputs relative to those. I think that that's a that's a cool concept. Um, well, Todd, I, I really appreciate this. This uh, obviously everybody da- data is one of those things everybody likes to talk about, but I don't know that we really uh, sometimes have a clear definition on on what we're talking about and, and why it's important. And this really shed some light on it for me. And I hope it did for those listening. If somebody wants to get back in touch with you, either, um, you know, needing to find a good ag attorney or or wants to learn more about getting their company involved with Ag Data Transparent, uh, what's a good way for them to keep up with you? Sure. So the easiest way to find me is to go to our website, which is aglaw.us. So ag.us, pretty, or sorry, aglaw.us. Um, And if you want to know more about the Ag Data Transparent effort, uh, the way you find it is agdatatransparent.com. So that's fairly easy to remember as well. And uh, people should absolutely uh, reach out to me if they hear this and they have questions. I love to hear from people and uh, love to get new ideas from my own blog and, and for our practice. Great. Well, I really appreciate the time here today, Todd. It's it's an interesting topic and I'm sure it will come up again. So maybe we'll have to have you back on the show. Sure. Happy to do so, Tim. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you so much to Todd for being on the show. And I I definitely think this idea of data transparency is complex. And I'm glad to, to know that there are people like Todd working on this to make sure that at least whatever happens with the data is being transparently communicated to those who are generating it. Uh, if there's any question I didn't get a chance to ask Todd that you would like to ask him yourself, uh, please go to speakpipe.com forward slash future of ag. Leave me a voicemail there with your name and your question, and I'll try to get it on a future episode of Follow Up Friday. Hey, thank you also to those of you who have rated and reviewed the show. Had one recently from Randy S. Perkins, who says just what I was looking for. I love how Tim has created a one-stop shop to explain how the ag industry adapts and evolves to an increasingly globalized agriculture economy. I grew up on a dairy farm, and it's great to look back at how my parents navigated the business of farming, ensuring that our farm's business model kept us profitable. I'm now a science educator, and this podcast makes me want to enter into the area of ag education and or ag outreach. Well done. Hey, Randy, thank you very much. I really appreciate that rating and review. If you haven't yet, I would love for you listening to also uh, leave your own. Go to iTunes and just leave us both a rating, which is on stars, and then a review like Randy did. Would really, really appreciate that. Hey, thanks so much for listening. We will be back next week.
Thank you for listening to the Future of Agriculture podcast with Tim Hammerich. Visit futureofag.com, that's futureofagag.com today to get connected into careers in the agriculture industry. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. Oh, 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 oh,